Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. And this is the Press the Action Button podcast where one Master Chief and one Wee Me talk about video games. My name is Newman. My name is Yusuf. What's a Wee Me? Oh, a, a Wee Me character. Right, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. You're saying like this one thing. Um, so we've got a very a different kind of episode for you there. It's kind of similar to our, our list episodes we do sometimes, where we're going to look back at uh, some launch games. We're looking at, um, we chose a six consoles altogether, uh, and we've got three each. And we're going to go through what we thought were the best launch games on those consoles. Yes, yes. Uh, I, having bought a PlayStation 5, I probably have... Um, realized how good launch titles were in the past shall we say <laughs> uh, i think i think they were better before i think they were better before but i also think they're not quite what we remember either maybe not but they are they probably had to be better before because gaming wasn't so big now everyone wants a playstation 5 now just to have one you know yeah, well, so they probably yeah, done you got to get that marketing right first so but also like so some some of mine anyway the idea of when a launch game was is quite different because sometimes consoles were released six months earlier in Japan. So yeah, true. true. Um, what might be a launch console for us in Europe might not have been a launch console if you were in uh, different parts of the world. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was a big deal. Whereas I think they were a week apart now when America and Europe. Yeah, even worse. I think sometimes the Japanese get their own consoles last, which seems extremely unfair. But um, it is a bit weird. Yeah, that was a bit of an odd thing. I don't know why. Sometimes you get weird stuff. You know, what I always remember, I, like, you remember the OC, the TV show? Never watched it, but yeah, I, I remember. Yeah. Um, for some reason, that was on TG Car, which, if anybody doesn't know, is the uh, Irish speaking, very small uh, TV station in Ireland before it was on any of the big, big channels. Like, on if you had satellite TV and everything, you'd still get on TG Carter first. So weird that they were able to buy that and put it on before anywhere in the UK. Maybe they bought the rights at pilot stage and just got lucky. Maybe it happened to be this really popular show. Um, yeah, I have no idea how they managed to pull that off, but anyway, worked out quite well. Um, but anyway, you're talking about the PlayStation 5. I, let me know about mm. it. Um, it's it's really good. It is really, really good. Um Astro's Playroom is fantastic. It really is great. It like it's such a good like demonstration of basically like the, the controller and yeah. like uh the sounds out of it, the movement um that it picks up, the the haptic feedback is amazing. Um, and it is just a really good platformer. The sounds are so satisfying. Like every time he's walking over a glass or anything metal, like the sounds of his feet are coming through the controller. And it's just, I don't know, the quality of it is just unbelievable. It's fantastic. I heard a lot of positives about the sound that's coming out of the controller of it just being really yeah. good. But what do you mean? Like, exactly. how is it? I don't know. How is that so much better now? Because they have that in other uh, games. I don't know. It just, it feels so much better quality. It feels like it it's definitely more immersive, but it just feels like it's actually happening. Like, whereas before, you know, I don't know, maybe, was there a volume control on the last PlayStation 4 controllers to come through the Not on controllers? the controller itself, but you could go into the settings. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe that just this is already set as much higher, but and it's just better quality. But I don't know the things I put into it are just really good, and you can blow into it and stuff. And <laughs> um, they use that. They use that as a fan mechanic when you're trying to like blow them along things, and like it starts propellers spinning when you're blown into the mic and stuff. So it's a uh, very very clever. Like I, I, I mean. I would have liked it to have been longer. Now I realize it's just a free kind of game, but like yeah. I, I think that could have been a full, full platforming game. Um, really, a lot of fun. Like, and there's so much like you don't realize how like your past is like inextricably linked with PlayStation. You know, yeah. because it's going through like the history of PlayStation, PlayStation One, like PSP, and like all these kind of really iconic things that you saw in in those games, and they're like kind of like doing nods to it, and like you're going through things and, like, oh my god, that's that, and that's that. Like there's a part where there's clouds braver stuck mm. in like the ground, and there's like they're they're I don't know. I think there's also a part where they're kind of nodding to Mario sixty four because you're chasing after like a rabbit. Oh right, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's um, and there's lots of uncharted stuff, um, just really, really clever, clever stuff. I re- really like something at the end as well when you finish it and the credits come, they actually come physically down to where your character is standing, mm-hmm. and like there's certain letters, gold letters, which you can punch and you oh, get cool. coins out of their names. So, like, you have to run along their names and like wait for them to come at you, and like you're ducking and diving. And I won't ruin the, the final boss for you in it, but it's a really, really clever, like just so enjoyable. The people that made the game are very, 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 very smart. I saw some um, nice kind of Astro Boy equivalents. No, Astro Boy. Astro Bot? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Astro Bot. Astro Bot is, Astro Boy is a character. It's a comic character, isn't he? Uh, but yeah. I've seen like their versions of like Kratos from God of War and like, you know, Nathan Drake and everything and just seeing you know, these little nods or little have tips to some things and be like, okay, that looks quite, in, you know, I don't know. It's so, I mean, really, it's just a big nostalgia fest, isn't it? But sometimes it's just, that is nice, that bit of service for the fan. Like, oh, cool. That's cool. I appreciate yeah. that. It was a smile on my face the whole time I was playing that game, which doesn't happen much these days. So I really, really recommend it. That is true, yeah. <laughs> I uh, told you, life's made me grumpy. <laughs> you were going to be so young. <laughs> You're still young. You're still in your 30s. <laughs> um, what about the haptic feedback? Is it a bit of a uh, fad? Is it real? Is it next? the next deal? Does it feel next gen? Um, I would say, you know, when you were talking about it kind of feeding back to you, it kind of feels more like a block than a pushback, if you get what I mean. So like as you're pressing it down, it feels like it's blocked until you push it down harder. It doesn't feel like it's pressing back up against you, really. It does does do that. Like there's a part where you're kind of going up in like this jetpack and like each propeller is each finger. So, or sorry, not each... um, whatever trigger. exhaust is like yeah it's tr- is each trigger so like you have to hold them together to make them go straight up and stuff so it, was, it kind of reminded me of um earthworm gym you know the underwater level where yes. you're going through the yeah something like that but um yeah no that was that was really enjoyable like and uh there was a couple of things that i thought didn't really work there was a mo- monkey climbing section but um i don't want to ruin it for you you'll definitely you'll you will really enjoy playing it really good good I'm glad, I'm glad that you got to do it. Because I guess at the end of the day, this is a uh, almost a tech demo to kind of show. Yeah, exactly. What can do. And yeah, yeah. Do you think other games are going to use it or you think it's just going to fade out? It's just going to be one of those things. No, I think they'll definitely use it. It definitely adds, you know, immersion. It's uh, it's very good. But let me tell you, so if that has, hasn't been the only game I've been playing, 
playing huh? a couple of other games. Go yeah. on, go on. I played Resident Evil 7 Biohazard. <gasps> and? Got very far in it. I have mixed feelings about it. Oh, of like, course you do. I, I, I really liked it. I did really like it. Um, I thought, but um, I thought that it was like a genre game in itself. If you get me, I thought it like it could it could be a whole you know new kind of side game to Resident Evil mm. because it feels completely different. Um, I thought it was like very like I really really enjoyed it. I have to say, really enjoyed it. Um, things things I didn't like about it was I didn't think that Ethan's character developed very much you know and like sometimes he would react to me and I kind of like that's kind of weird like you know when he goes back to the trailer so he's supposed to meet your one Zoe there yeah like, where are you like you know he's like freaking out like and like he didn't like he was never like that emotionally invested into finding her in the first place you know what I mean and all of a sudden he was so freaked out and stuff but um like re- a lot of jump scares yeah and um like your man Jack like he was just terrifying fighting him like he just wouldn't leave you alone like he was yeah, worse yeah. than the nemesis you know um and uh like th- that was really good and like really tough and yeah really really enjoyable um, I, I, I did it scratch Resident Evil itch. I'm not sure it did. If, like I said, it felt like a different game. Um, and I'm wondering how. Yeah, I'm wondering how they're going to put Ethan into the next one as well because it's like he just happens to stumble across these incredible like paranormal situations. You know, uh, well, I don't know. Is he is he wrapped up in it now? Like, I, because he knows and he wants to find out. I don't know. Um, so how far in it did you get? I got to the bit where you're kind of hunting the son, Lucas, and he's like, yeah, he's left the the, the cop's head in the fridge for you and all. And uh, oh, yeah, you, you go. Yeah. And you get, to the, go other, get the key. The key. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I ran out of ammo a lot of the time, though. You know, it was like I was having to run past them and. You're not really yet like the handgun. It just kind of gives you a bit of distance between those creatures. That that's what makes yeah, it it's terrible. Yeah, that's yeah, it. yeah. Which is it's a bit more like the original Resident Evil. It's like don't kill them if you don't have to. The shotgun is brilliant against them. Um, yeah, when you get yeah. a good headshot. But like, I didn't want to tell you about some of the stuff. But when you first go in, and the house is the best part of it. Like the early house yeah. stuff is better than everything else. I find. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. They do a kind of saw thing later on. Um, which is a different kind of horror. And then it goes very normal Capcom Resident Evil, a bit mad later on. Like, I think I did that Saw thing, the happy birthday one. Yeah, yeah, you did that bit, did you? Yeah, I didn't like that bit. I just thought it was a bit too much. I didn't like that. I didn't either. add anything. I yeah. was, well, I think the whole... Anyway, look, I won't, I won't ruin it because it does lead to something later on. Um, but yeah. it is a bit... But like that's a different kind of horror. But for me, like the first bit of horror where you're in the house and stuff, and like when you first go in the, at the very start of the game, and she like cuts your hand off, and you're like, "What the hell is going on?" Here? I know that was so freaky, and her face is changing, and you're just like, "My yeah. God!" And she's like, um, "But yeah, there is that shit, like very grudge or ring horror girl with the black yeah. hair over her face." Oh. I still think the most scary parts were the jump scares, though. I like I I don't think it was that scary, you know what I mean in in itself like cuz you know it was more so when like that those creatures are turning around corners at you and stuff like that or you know when you're like searching the room for stuff and you just hear something dropping, you know, nearby. Oh, yeah. 
you know, stuff like that. Like, because like the the mother, I wasn't afraid of at all, really. You know, she's walking in with the bees and stuff like. No, but I think like, it's just disgusting and it's foul. And the same as when, like, you know, when you're fighting Jack, um, like when you're fighting them the second time with the chainsaw and stuff, like it's not really, it's kind of, you know, oh, he's, he's after me, but it's just foul and just stuff you don't want to be doing. Like, you know, it's just. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> you know he's just like this bulbous pulp and you're just like chainsawing him you're like oh what the hell is this yeah. what are you doing and same yeah it's horrible when you're shooting her and i don't know i thought when her arms were really long marguerite and she's pulling you around <laughs> that was scary yeah it was scary it was also so freaky like you know yeah. just looking at her crawling up the walls and stuff but i thought her ai was really poor because she kept getting trapped in the room with the chimney and i was just shooting her without her doing me any, any damage oh, really? so well, yeah but I guess maybe yeah, there are some bits because there's meant to be there's like these holes around the place and you don't know where she's going to come out of. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't know where. Maybe it was just where I was positioned. It was you know yeah, she kept I coming in and out. I cool. But, well, um, yeah, give it a yeah. go. It, I, but like I do, I don't know what you mean. It doesn't feel like a Resident Evil game at all. It feels like a very different mm. game. But I think they needed yeah. to do that because they have reinvented yeah. themselves. And I, uh, I yeah, still think it's yeah. really good. It's like it is. Yeah. there's definite demand for that kind of game i think you know it's like a new it's like a new genre really um and i played the maiden demo as well oh maiden yeah what that's what it's called yeah it's not great really it's not I don't great no it's really like it's very 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 short and you're basically just crawling through a couple of tunnels you don't you basically only see one enemy for the whole thing and that's the very end right. um so but it looks really good and uh, it kind of got me a taster for resident evil 7 which is why i played that and i also went against your usual uh you know preconceived notions about me and i bought devil may cry 5 for the PlayStation Ooh, 5. Very good, yeah. very good. And have you... Yeah. I played the demo on the PlayStation 4. Um, but I never actually... I clearly haven't played the PlayStation 5 version or anything. How is it? Yeah. It's a bit... Uh, I mean, I've only really started it, but it's a bit too emo band for me to... Like, I'm trying to overcome that part of it, you know? Where I they all just look like they're sulky, that. you know, teenagers. But uh, no, it, it, I'm sure it's gone. It's It's got really good reviews. Like the reviews I was reading for were amazing. So I said, look, I'm going to try it. And it wasn't oh. that expensive. So it's fun. You are you are the guys who are just like looking at them and you're like, oh, they changed his hair. I don't like it. <laughs> well, maybe. But anyway. Um, yeah. Very good. Very good. Have you been playing anything else? No, not really. Um, we'll talk about launch titles again for the PlayStation Five, but maybe not. Now is not the time. You, what have you been playing? So I've been I've been watching something. I've been playing something. I've been watching The Boys. Have you heard of The Boys? I have not. You would not like it. Um, it is on. <laughs> it's on Amazon. And it's got Carl Urban in it, and it is so so oh, no. so good. I can't believe how good it is. Like. And I've heard some people talking about it, but I don't know why everybody isn't talking about it because it's it's class. Maybe because it's on Amazon, you know, and not as many people have that. Um, but it's kind of the world where there are superheroes, but it's essentially they're the Justice League. But it's what if they were all dickheads? What if they're all horrible people? Okay. So, so it's like um, it kind of follows around normal people who are trying to stop them. Um, or at least get back at them um, and it's just it's very very good it's just a really well made thing so I've been watching that um, and I'm sort of day been holding myself back so I don't you know binge at all but I've been really enjoying that uh, and then I've also been playing 
Valkyria Chronicles 4. Oh, yeah. yeah. Playing on the Switch. Yeah, it's really good. I just, the, the tactics of it is fun. I love how the story, I can t- take it or leave it, to be honest. Just sometimes there's a bit too much and I don't really care, just kind of whatever. But um, uh, just the fact that there are different classes and the way in some situations you're just like, well, this person's completely useless and I don't know what to do or... Oh, yeah, shit, yeah, this person's hit. I got to get there to get them before they die permanently, and uh, it's just you know you're hoping I hate that enemy. permanent death. It's great though, you know. It, it puts yeah, you know, and like when sometimes when the enemy just freakishly misses, and you like you jump on the ground to avoid it, you're like, yes, brilliant, I'm gonna do it. Yeah, um, and it's got that reasonable level of challenge where, like, sometimes it does like a little bit feel like if you don't do something exactly right at the beginning. Of it, if you just place like the wrong troops in the wrong area, you're just gone, you know, like mm-hmm. very rarely, mm-hmm. but there are times like that. But I do like that, you know, okay, well, look, how am I going to think about this? And yeah, maybe this person is just going to die straight away. There's nothing really I can do about that. I can save them from permadeath, but like I need to get the idea if I put a troop down here, they're just going to die and I need to do it. So, you know, I basically have one mm-hmm. less than I think. Uh, but yeah, it's really good. I'm really, really enjoying it. Good, good few hours into go. it now. Playing on the Switch, go. very good. No, yeah, I still haven't found my Switch people. So if anyone <laughs> can write in, I'd really appreciate that. Maybe you, man, maybe you know where it is. I don't know, no idea where it is. God, you poor thing, you have to find it. Mm. Um, all right, well, I don't have very much news, but we'd like to get into some news. Yeah, I will. But before we do, I've actually been watching something contemporary as well. Contemporary. Again, last year. Is that not the word? <laughs> it is, but just the way you're using it as well. Like it's a study of <laughs> new content. <laughs> I was on the internet and... Uh, <laughs> exactly. It stars your man, what's his name? Uh, from Breaking Bad. Oh, uh, Brian Cranston. Yeah. Your Honour. Your Honour. Yeah. Uh, I've heard it's very good. Have you seen it? No. Yeah, I've watched three episodes. Um, very good. So I'll, I'll report back uh, in at a later time but uh, news time well, i've got news for you you're mine now you belong to me so i've got a little bit less news than normal because honestly i was just looking at some of the news stuff and it it just kind of felt like a lot of places were just giving the pr of companies just talking about oh they're, do- <laughs> they're gonna do this event or they're gonna sit this down or they're gonna say who gives a shit really you know what i mean like yeah to a certain level write about some something of, some of that stuff mm-hmm. is interesting but you know, I don't think that's actually what a lot of people really care about until they have proper information. So um, it's going to be a shorter one today. So the first thing I'm going to talk about is, have you heard of the N64 uh, Mini that's broken the Guinness Book of World Records? No. So this, on. this fella, just this bloke, sadly, it's not an official Nintendo thing. This guy just like modded himself an N64 Mini, right? Um, and it is just just bigger than the size of an N64 cartridge and it can play the games. Like it takes the, like the actual cartridges in it. Yeah. You like plug, original cartridges. Yeah. So you plug like a, if you got like Mario wow. 64, like, you know, you plug it into it. So I'm going to show you a picture of it. If you would like to describe it for the audience. Wow. It's like a little mini switch or something, isn't it? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. God, it's fair play to him. So he, I love that man. Yeah, so he just did it himself. Like apparently, this is something for people who are quite in, you know, quite handy and techy and whatever. A little bit of a engineering do to break records for us, see if they can make the smallest one. So it is like when I say just bigger than an N64 cartridge, I mean 
yeah it's an inch wider than an n64 card yeah yeah um, it's got an hour and a half of battery which is a bit of a fault on it um yeah. but he's not you know he's doing this for the record see if he can make it work but like a, it's like a little screen it's got uh the a and b buttons on the fr- on the front two analogs which is more than n64 controller um mm. and yeah it looks it looks pretty cool it is basically the size of an n64 controller minus the three like handles on it it's amazing yeah. does it have a z button at the back does it I show don't that? know. I don't know if it does or if it's got the the C buttons. It, I've never, I haven't actually seen a picture of the back of it. Um, yeah. So it does seem like it is missing some buttons, but I, I don't really know mm. how they've done okay. it or if he's remapped, remapped it with the extra analog. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, great but, job. But the why aren't Nintendo doing this? Why are they bringing out a mini N sixty four like they did with the SNES? Why are they bringing out a handheld one? Like, come on, please. <laughs> Well, it's not part of our marketing strategy. We want everything to be on virtual machines, so you buy our newest consoles. Well, they That's do. I mean, it. like it's. A, I don't know if, if you really, if it's fair to kind of say Nintendo are kind of money grabbing because there's loads of these things. No, think they're they not. Would do, but they don't. Yeah, yeah. But, they are um, different from any company I know. It was like, remember uh, other brother Omar sent us uh, that uh, not IQ raison d'etre whatever of that uh, japanese company muji or is that is it muji oh yeah muji yeah 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 and it's basically like you know we don't want you to buy our you you know we don't want you to go over the top buying our product we only want you to buy it if you if you need it you know that kind of stuff yeah it's really cool so i think nintendo they're, they're obviously not that but you know they definitely have a different kind of uh marketing strategy than you know your typical stock market uh you know yeah, they seem, they seem to be very much of the mindset of, look, we don't want to just put something out for the sake of it. Like, let's keep doing new stuff, which, I mean, we're going to talk about some of their consoles, but the difference between, like, the GameCube and then the Wii and then the Nintendo Switch, like, that's more innovation than any of the other consoles have done. You know? Yeah, now, absolutely. I don't think there's a, much of a doubt that PlayStation and Microsoft games perform better, you know, from yeah. the standards. But on the way that they they play, it's completely different, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, well, Nintendo do fun better than anyone else. I do, do so. fun better than anyone. Yeah. I also think they do launch games better than anybody, but we'll get into that. Yes, shortly. Um, the other, the only kind of, well, I think, is quite big news. Speaking of uh, Microsoft and Xbox, so remember a while ago that Xbox brought the big news that they finally bought Bethesda. So it's gone through, mm-hmm. and um, Phil Spencer, I believe, is his name, came out and gave a little bit of an info on it. So as of it should be out already by the time this episode comes out. 20 Bethesda games have been added to the Xbox Game Pass, including Doom, uh, like four Doom games, including Doom Eternal, Fallout New Vegas and Fallout 4, 4, Oblivion, Skyrim, a couple of Wolfenstein games, Dishonored games, just like big, big games, all free if you've got the Xbox Game Pass. So and that's Mm -hmm. kind of their their linking in. And then the other thing that people have been worried about how are they going to do with new IPs? Are we is the next Fallout going to be on any other console and stuff like that? Same with Doom or Skyrim games. We don't really know, uh, or Elder Scrolls games. So it seems like things are going to be okay. So he kind of avoided it, but he said that they've got legacy deals and legacy uh, contracts they've already done. So they're already developing okay. Ghostwire Tokyo and Deathloop, which are meant to be 
PlayStation exclusive games, but they're being made by Bethesda, mm. and they're like, we we're honoring these contracts. We have to honor them. Um, okay. And, and they said that like other kind of legacy games are going to keep doing them. So I think you're still going to see Fallout games and everything that are still going to come out on PlayStation. However, it sounds like some new IPs might be Xbox exclusive. So he didn't really say anything. Um for sure but i think the way it sounded they're gonna still do both you might get some things on it but that huge backlog of great bethesda games and ones that have been gone for a long time um, mm. or ones that are now owned by bethesda i don't think you're going to lose out on them if you're um not an xbox owner mm-hmm. well it's good to see bethesda honoring their contracts a eh? astrazeneca hey eh? <laughs> I didn't know where you were going with that one. Uh, yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see how those things go. Um, you know what, Yusuf? I'm going I'm to tell you something. I'm not much of an Xbox person, really. The last one I had was the 360. Mm. Um, but I really am thinking about getting this one. And I, I don't really want to buy the S. I prefer the X. But I don't know. Like, I, like for the games it's going to have... You know, and for Halo, and like I was looking at a lot of the exclusive titles, like launches for the Xbox, they look amazing. You like, know, they really look. Um, there was a shooting game, can't remember what it was called, first person, like set in like a, 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 a Oriental setting, Asian setting. You think it goes wire Tokyo? Mm, no, I don't think so. Right. I don't know. Anyway, I'll send you the YouTube video after this and, and you can. Uh, discuss next episode i mean yeah actually that would, that would be a good one let's see and you know i don't know what people are thinking because as far as i'm aware currently sony are selling more you know like it's hard to get a really solid idea because of the limitations in in consoles but i think playstations are doing is doing better playstation 5 um i think the series s which is meant to be the kind of like that window for people who want the game pass because honestly the game pass looks like great value for money yeah and if I hadn't played a lot of those games before, then I would definitely be way more into it. But I think, one, I think the Series S is a bit of a fake because I think... Yeah, you know, why do you say that? Because realistically, when you get into it, it's memory It's memory size is too small for, mm. like, you know, 500 gigs is too small for standard games. Like, And this is the start of the console generation. Games are going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, I'm not. I'm not the kind of person who normally cares that much about 4K. And I don't really care about that. Realistically, most people can see, depending on the TV they have and the way it's kind of being fed through for performance issues. You'll see actually when you're playing Devil May Cry 5, you'll have an option of if you want to do performance or enhanced, and it'll be about yeah, I have that. Yeah, frame rate or whether you want it to be higher quality or if you want ray tracing and stuff like that. So I think like all the time we can't care. You know, you know, you can't see a lot of this stuff. Um, mm. But I think the Series S is like, I don't, it feels like half a generation step up without being a full one. So mm. I think if I'm going to drop 300, well, it's $300, I don't know what it is in pounds or euros at the moment. But I think if I'm going to go that much, it's better to go the full way and get the Series X. Um, but I think PlayStation, like the exclusives they had la- on the last console generation were so much better. You know, I think mm, Game Pass is really, really good. Uh, I think it's good because you don't want Sony running away with it because you don't want another kind of mess up the way PlayStation 3 wasn't great and then uh, Xbox One uh, wasn't that great either. Um, you want them to kind of, you know, be fighting with each other a bit. You know, like PlayStation 4 outsold the One X and stuff. So mm-hmm. 
Um, I think it's good that they're here fighting with each other, but I, I just think Sony have got they've got the better exclusive. I think that's what makes games better. They definitely did last generation for sure. Um, with this, you know, Bethesda acquisition as well, it's it's questionable. But I mean, I still think PlayStation Five would be my main console, and like I'm not into digital games because they're a ripoff, you know. But um, uh, still, well, I you got know, like for, for four euro, so. <laughs> Yeah, well, that was, but that's so late after it was originally released, you know, a long, long time after. But like for, like for, you know, just for a couple of, you know, exclusives, I would consider it. I really would. Like it's, you know, but anyway, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it would be, like there there would be good things on it, but I'm less of a Halo fan. Um, mm. But I mean, like I love the Fallout games. You know, so mm-hmm. I'd be, I would be really, really sad if that did go and become an exclusive. I'd be quite annoyed about that. Um, I still think Doom 2016, I haven't played Doom Eternal yet. I still think Doom 2016 is like the best first person shooter I've played. I absolutely love that game. Um, so they've got some good, good things. But I think when it comes down to it, um, I'd be really surprised if more places are going to sign exclusive deals with Microsoft because I think the, the player base is bigger with PlayStation. But I yeah, don't yeah. See how it goes. Uh, so, have you got any news? Well, that was one of my stories, Yusuf. As usually, you you steal my stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I have only have one other question, which is uh, one other question. What? One other story. Uh, Epic Games finally settles a twenty-seven lawsuit against a teenage Fortnite cheater, oh, and they use the word cheater. So Epic Games has settled a three-year-long lawsuit against a teenage Fortnite player who is accused of using cheats in the game. Uh, CR, who was 14 years old at the time of the 2017 lawsuit, was alleged to have been using and advertising Fortnite hacks on his YouTube channel. Epic repeatedly referred to the minor as a cheater in the original 27 complaint. (laughs) I don't know why I find that so funny. The company accused CS of ruining the game-playing experience of players who do not cheat. Nobody likes a cheater and nobody likes playing with a cheater. <laughs> it's kind of very, uh, you know, uh, uh, scolding here, you know, uh, uh, judgmental parent from Epic here, I, I think. You know, I mean, he's 14, but, but I know he shouldn't seen, be cheating. You ever seen somebody playing like an online thing and they do get like, you know, headshotted by a bot and it's just, it's not fun? Because, you know, it's like you can see who killed you and they're just, they're nowhere near you on the map and it's just... You see some people on some team just do it again and again. It's like, oh, okay, this is a bit, you know, like if that happens too much, it will stop people from playing games, particularly if it happens very early days. So I do see why they're pretty annoyed about it. Mm. But anyway, CR's mother called out Epic Games for targeting, targeting a minor instead of the hacking websites being advertised on his YouTube, which are publicly available and being used by numerous other Fortnite players. In a 2017 letter written to the court, she claimed that Epic was using a 14-year-old child as a scapegoat to make an example of him. And this isn't the first time Epic has sued a minor. Another teenager known as CBV reached a settlement with Epic back in 2019 after allegedly advertising hacks on his YouTube. So they clearly take it very, very, very seriously. Um, so don't uh, don't cheat. I mean, I like, you know, I don't like the idea of a big company suing a kid and getting loads of money off. That's not really on. However... If you're making YouTube hacks, you could also be making loads of money off subscribers and everything. So, you know, that's true. If somebody is making lots of money 
and has a huge follower base and is making money off telling them how to ruin your game, then I understand why they're annoyed. But it doesn't look good when Epic are like, this 14-year-old kid. It's like, do you ever see when uh, Michael Owen was like... He's like, cheetah. Do you ever see Michael Owen was like doing his training thing and he's like scoring goal, uh, loads of sh- goals against like this 13-year-old um, goalkeeper? <laughs> And he's like taking it really seriously and he's winning it. And he's like, well done. He's 13. Oh God. Some, yeah, some people are clueless. What up, your man Boris Johnson tackling children full on with his head? Oh yeah. <laughs> it's just insane. Um, yeah, so anyway, look, don't cheat. But you know what? Something amazes me sometimes I see some of the amount of subscribers these YouTube channels have. It's unbelievable. Like my daughter likes looking at these videos of a grown adult playing with toys. And all she's doing is opening disposable packets of like surprise egg toys, you know, Funko Pop, not Funko Pop, the other one, Japanese one, the Japanese disposable toys that you get, whatever, all these disposable oh, gotcha eggs. kind of things. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha and all this stuff. She's more than 10 million subscribers. People find those things really satisfying. Yeah, but anyway, it's crazy. So, um, yeah. But I mean, there's like, you know, like one of those things that started off online is like where people like pop spots and blackheads and stuff like that. Like that had its oh own God. trend. And, then people, and now there's like shows about it. There's multiple shows on TV which started off as like trends on YouTube videos because people like to just look at stuff. So it is weird, mm. but I don't know. Tell you another show that I've been watching on YouTube, it just keeps popping up in my feed is people uh hacking scammers or fooling scammers. Oh really? like you know, like you have all these call centers in India and like they're trying to steal money off you, and like these guys are really computer savvy. And there was one guy, his name is Jim Browning, he, like he has a huge channel. He he did it so well that like I think BBC dispatches did a show about what he found and stuff. Uh-huh. And uh he he uh he basically he got this hacker to the the scammer to connect to his PC and then he had taken a picture of this from this guy's PC of him and his family sitting on a train together. So when the oh, guy connected, wow. he just saw the photo as his background. And like he's like, now are you gonna tell me how you do this or not? You know, it was like crazy. Whoa. And he managed then he managed to hack into his phone. And he had photos of the guy taking a picture of his screen. He's like, so you're clearly in your own house there when you took that photo and stuff. It was unbelievable. God, that's madness. That's scary though but, as well. It's scary, but like you you listen to these guys and like the like people go on and they pretend to be old but women who are like widowed and stuff and they don't give a shit. They're just trying to take all their money. Like it's horrible. Yeah. You know, so here, there was like some scammers who were going around the UK uh, pretending they had... Uh, coronavirus vaccines and they were like knocking on like all people's doors and then going in and just like you know charging like 100 quid and injecting them with like nothing that's horrific i don't want to talk about stuff like that anyway um, yeah. all right so Ryan, what gaming do you, so do you want to tell me what consoles you've got because you were unsure of all three i took the super nintendo also right. known as a famicom or super famicom the Nintendo 64 <laughs> and the Nintendo, no, I'm joking, and the Xbox original. Okay, so. okay. Right, well, I was going to say, do you want to do it chronologically by video game? But of course you chose the two oldest consoles that are on this list. Um, so, uh, all right, do you want to go first then? Do you want to pick one of yours? Uh, okay, so will I play a song for my first game? 
Yeah, do whatever you want. All right. This is for the N, not N, the Super Nintendo. This, they had a relatively, I wouldn't say strong lineup, but uh, when you have a game like this, it's all you need. Struggling with your hand-eye coordination there again, Yusuf, right? Yeah. If don't people know don't know, Yusuf dropped his phone <laughs> during that song. Um, I could let that song play forever. It like I could literally just have it in my house on speakers in every room and just play it continually, and it's just I would enjoy it constantly. Well, tell them what the game it is. It's Super Mario World uh, for the Super Nintendo. I think. Debatably, you know, probably one of the obviously Nintendo pretty much started platforming games and in, in the guys that they are now. But this, um, like the quintessential uh platforming game that everyone around our age remembers playing, everyone had it had a Super Nintendo, everyone remembers the levels, everyone remembers, you know, the music, the characters, you know, the graphics, and it's still, you know, because it's 2D sprites, it still looks amazing today, you know, yeah. and the sounds, you know, when you're doing your spinny jump, Yoshi, you know, who who doesn't who doesn't love this game? Seriously. I think this is this is the best of those platforming Marios that you go back to. Like it it has it it just tipped over that point where some of the older ones, although so brilliant games, might feel a little bit outdated, but this is the one where you're like now they perfected it here for, you know, it's still so playable today. And I have such love for that map view where it's just, you know, like mm. stylized green ones and you see the way it's all broken up. I just, I love it so much. Such a good game. Yeah, it's like, it's also built like a, a dynamic or like a theme of almost, you know, like the backgrounds, the clouds, like the smiley mountains and the stuff like the shell. It's like built this whole, it's like, you know, where Art Deco is a style, Mario is a style, like the world mm. of Mario is a style, you know, and like it's, it just did so much. And I love the fact that the music is, is just sounds like real music. It doesn't really sound like, you know, video, video game music, you know, so, yeah. um, amazing amazing game and i like i think it's you know just a real place in everyone's memory as a child growing up you know even going around to your friend's house if they had a super nintendo they had super mario world so was uh, well done Shigeru. was it much of a competition between what was going to be the main uh the game you're going to pick from this no no i mean it was just streets ahead so yeah that's me yeah. okay how about you first console on my list is the PlayStation 2. Oh. The best-selling console uh, of all time, I believe. Um, it was released in the year 2000. So I'm mainly looking at, as I said earlier, the EU and the US launches because this is one where in Japan it was six months earlier and six months is a long time in the development of, of games. So I'm just going to go through a quick list of the launch games. So these are the options. So tell me if you how many of these you remember. 
So mm-hmm. Aqua Aqua, ESPN International Track and Field, Eternal Ring. Yeah, I remember that. Evergrace, mm-hmm. Dead or Alive mm-hmm. 2, Dynasty Warriors 2, International Superstar Soccer, before it eventually became Pez, uh, Fantavision, FIFA 2001, Gun Griffin Blaze, Kesson, Madden 2001, Midnight Club Street Racing, MotoGP, NHL 2001, Orphan, Sign of Sorcery, Ready to Rumble Boxing, Round 2. This is the, remember this weird boxing game you could play as Michael Jackson for some reason? I remember it very well, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Silent Scope, Smuggler's Run, Street Fighter EX3, SSX, Swing Away Golf, Surfing H30, Summoner, Tekken Tag Tournament, Time Slitters, Unreal Tournament, Wild Wild Racing, Winter X Game Snowboarding, and X Squad. So this, in my opinion, is the best one. No way, no here, no That is Tekken Tag Tournament, um, mm. which we did a full episode on actually a while ago. We did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, great game, great game. But there's a lot of good games in that lineup, a lot of good games. There's some, not yet, there's some which are pretty good. So, um, Time Splitters also, was great. Time Splitters was great. Time Splitters 2 was like, it would have been maybe a bit closer, but I think Time Splitters 2 is one I remember a bit more fondly. Um, Dead or Alive 2, which is like also that kind of point where there was a lot of really good. Uh, the fighter games that are coming out, and also I realized I was going through this. The amount of weird sports games that are that come out as launch games. Mm, yeah, I guess it caters to a certain type of market. Yeah, I don't know. I just maybe it's their best opportunity to sell. Like I don't know, ESPN International Track and Field, and I don't know. I, it's a bit. It's a bit odd. Some of these uh, things are coming out. A lot of racing games as well. But yeah, mm. Tag and Tag was so good, and. Um, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail because we did a, a full episode on it, but it was kind of a bit of a cynical stick together of, yeah, you know, basically Tekken 3 and um, Tekken 2, which is like, look, just stick them all together and let's use a kind of character switching uh, dynamic that we other games have been using for a while. But it just, it was so, so good. It was so smooth. It was that point when like 3D fighters really did kind of go into their own thing because a lot of people were just kind of going, you know, 3D fighters on the uh, PlayStation 1, for example, they're a bit blockier, they're a bit slower, they, you know, they didn't look that great, but this worked really, really well. Yeah, and this was also a title that you pretty much remember everyone having. Um, that's something else. Like, I remember these games, they came out looking stunning, like Tekken Tag Tournament looks stunning. I think there's, there, I'd like, is there actually any, like, true next generation titles on, on launch for the PlayStation 5? I mean... You mean, like, do you remember even Killzone that came out for PlayStation 4? I remember playing that like as a launch title and it was it looked stunning. It looked way better than the PlayStation 3. But I think, well, I mean, to, to some level, maybe it didn't, it didn't. I think the problem is when you're looking at some, what some of these games are, which are, you're thinking, okay, let's see what's you know going to be the next gen. So many games that you identify as being from that generation, they didn't come out for a while afterward, you know? Like, I remember... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember on PlayStation 2 thinking, like, what was one of the best games I remember playing on PlayStation 2 and it being Metal Gear Solid 2? That wasn't a launch title. Yeah, yeah, true. 
So mm. there's um there's a bit of time kind of before these games come out. And I think the a lot what you get quite often is games that were gonna be released on an earlier generation, but they just don't make it and then they get moved on. They push the over. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Anyway, cool. what do you got next okay. for us? Uh, what do I have next here? Okay, so I got the Xbox. So uh, it's Crazy Witches Magic Adventure. That's the next game. Crazy the Xbox, the best. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's just, I'll play the music. It's Halo, of course. Um, yes, the original Halo called Combat Evolved. I don't know why that wasn't working on my thing. I have it mapped perfectly. So I don't know why. Stick it in. People yeah, Halo. Yeah. yeah, it's, um, you know, uh, playing this game and like thinking about it back, uh, it's it was it's done in such a clever way. Like, every, and I think I was trying to think about what it is I love about this game so much. First of all, it's legendary mode, right? which I think is legendary. It makes the game a completely different game. Honestly, it is like a completely different game. Um, like it makes you think about stuff. It makes you plan stuff. It changes your, like basically in the original game, unlike in, in any other difficult mode, the characters, like apart from little grunts, have shields around them, but the shields go with one shot. And this, you have to destroy the shields before you can even take a headshot on them and kill them. And there are specific weapons that are better at breaking shields and others that won't basically do any damage to a shield. So you have to like mix and match the weapons you're using for each encounter to make sure that you can kind of win, you know, to, to, to remove the shield. And the thing that I was thinking about that is so unique to this game is the weapons. They're all so individual they all serve, uh, they're all linked together really well. They all have a, d- a different purpose depending on the situation or the scenario you're playing. They're the most, it's the most in-depth weapon selection that I've ever come across in any game. It's almost like an, a, an art of balancing. Mm. I, like, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's like art. It really is amazing the way that they did this game. The soundtrack is amazing. The setting is amazing. The story is great. Um, it's, you know, it, like without this game, I don't think there would have ever been, you know, Xbox generations because it sold the console. You know, it was yeah. it was really that good. So it, it came in so well tied with with Xbox. Like it so quickly had that relationship where you know you associate things like um, you know Mario with Nintendo. It's quickly you thought Master Chief. That's what it is for the Xbox. And I guess they just knew. They were up against it. Like, as we said, the PlayStation 2 was the best-selling console of all time. They're like, we got to do something big. Um, and they did. They, you know, they really did. And then they kind of continued on in that vein with, uh, like, uh, Gears of War being really visually impressive shooters as well. Um, mm. And, yeah, and just kind of making those games work really, really well. And it's not easy to step into the, you know, console wars at that point, but they did it. 
Yeah, and um, I should say the release games for this console were Halo Combat Evolved, uh, Project Gotham Racing, and Dead in a Dead, and, Dead or Alive 3. So I think, uh, you know, Halo is by far better than those titles. And because you gave the titles, and the last one, I'm going to give the titles of the uh, SNES one as well, which are Super Mario World, F-Zero, Pilot Wings, Gradius 3, and SimCity. Yeah. But like, you know what's bad is that, you know, you'd look back at some of these consoles and you think, oh, launch games and stuff. And like, like yeah, you you say um, Halo is a big kind of launch game, a huge one to kind of come out on the Xbox and a brilliant one, Mario for the SNES. But they were almost kind of being representative of the console itself. And that's less of a thing. Whereas yeah. you'll see on the next games, I'm the next consoles I'm doing, that what you associate with that console is was not a launch game. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, it, well, mad. what is your next console, Yusuf? It is the Nintendo Wii. Oh, yes. Oh, in 2006, controversially, without a Mario game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they they still did great. Well, the Wii did. Look, they did a really, really good job. And the thing is, actually, a lot of the games that came out on it, um, they were released across multiple platforms, and most of them were uh, badly reviewed or worse reviewed on the Wii because they said they're just trying to stick in the motion controls, and people really weren't sure of it. But let me tell you, there's some good games on this. So the launch games were Avatar Last Airbender, Call of Duty Tree, Cars, the Pixar film game, uh, Dragon Ball Z Budokai Tenkaichi 2 Excite Truck do you remember this game? no it was like Not really these kind of dirt truck things like racing game you like jumped you did really high jumps and boosts and stuff uh, you kind of raced around these um, uh, kind of pretty sparse tracks but I remember I, I remember you playing it quite a bit it was good fun I completely forgot about it I saw gameplay of it um, mm, yeah, I'm just looking at it yeah, uh, GT Pro Series, Happy Feet. <laughs> when I was in in secondary school in geography class, every single day for three months, this bloke next to me used to try to sell me a pirated copy of Happy Feet every single day. And I would always just be like, <laughs> he should have bought it. I was like, no, I don't. I don't want to watch. I don't want to watch Happy Feet. And he'd be like, 10 quid. I was like, no, I don't want to watch it. He's like, eight quid. I was like, I don't want to watch it. There's no amount of money. I have no interest in watching Happy Feet. And for months he tried, and it was the only DVD he'd ever tried to sell. He must have somehow got a lot of pirate <laughs> copies of just Happy Feet and he was kept on trying to sell it. I was like, I don't want to watch Happy Feet. Very good. Um, Madden 2007, Marvel Ultimate Alliance, Monster 4x4, Need for Speed Carbon, Rampage Soul Destruction, Rayman Raving Rabbits, Red Steel, SpongeBob SquarePants, Creature from the Krusty Krab, Super Monkey Ball, Banana Blitz, The Grim Adventures of Billy mm. Mandy, The Legend of Zelda, Zelda, Twilight Princess, Tony Hawk, Downhill Jam, Trauma Center, Second Option, Opinion, sorry, and Wii Sports. So, okay, excellent. That's going to be a hard one for you to choose one. Well, this is what I picked. So it was a it was a tough one, right? And so mm-hmm. I was looking at the reviews of it. And Legend of Zelda: Twilight Princess has a ninety five percent Metacritic rating. 
and I think that's an absolutely brilliant game. We Sports has a 76% Metacritic rating. And I don't think there's a doubt that Legend of Zelda is a better game. However, mm. the fact that the that Wii Sports was a brand new kind of like the, they they were kind of going, this is meant to show you what the Wii is and what the Wii does. Whereas mm-hmm. Zelda was originally going to be on the GameCube and then they pushed it and they did do some nice stuff. They had a really nice bow and arrow kind of mechanic that was quite cool. Um and I, I really liked the, the the world in that one. I thought it was a it was a really good Zelda game. But uh, the the fact that um, in most parts of the world, Wii Sports launched with the console and most people got to play that. And the fact that you, I didn't think this stuff was going to work, but they gave you baseball, bowling, boxing and tennis and golf. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's just, it was so much fun playing these games. <clears throat> yeah, I think this was like, this was the time where, I think this is kind of where gaming kind of went mainstream because all of a sudden people who had no idea how to play games or anything about games suddenly says, oh, I just moved my hands and, you know, and they got into it and the whole family could play this game. Your friends would come around and you could just have great, great crack playing this game. I remember playing the tennis, the bowling. Bowling was the best, you know, and it was so, re- it was done really, really well. And uh, it's it was just so enjoyable. I remember as well, there was a jogging thing you could do in this game. Uh, yeah, Wasn't you, there? Wait, or maybe you, that was... They had another one that came out which had a lot more games in it because I actually forgot that this only had five games on it. Are you thinking oh, okay. you're kind of getting set up? I don't know, but I do remember like you you were you would jog in one of these games, you would do doing a run. So maybe it is the one af- that came after. But um like I just remember like your 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 character, your wee me is running through like fields and like it's just a sunny day and everyone's smiling and waving at you as you're running by. And it was just it was real exercise. Oh, it was We Fit. That's what it was. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We fit, yeah, cool. yeah. Yeah, it was great. So um you just again, you you know synonymous with the Wii as a console itself it was yeah. a relatively cheap console you know yeah. uh, considering the prices of other ones so uh, they knocked it out of the park also like this was 10 years before I thought this technology would work you know I thought it was just going to be really gimmicky um, and at the beginning they were going to put like Mario characters into this but they decided not to because um, they were saying it feels like it's just a Mario game and you're golfing with Mario or you're playing tennis with Mario and stuff like that's not really we want to be want you to be in it so the thing is also, it didn't have a graphic designer in the game. So they uh, swapped it out with the Mii characters. And the Mii characters were kind of oh. based on Kokeshi dolls, which are like these wooden Japanese things with like bigger heads on them. Um, mm. And uh, so th- that's then they kind of brought the idea of, actually, we can really make this the party game that it became, where people go, you create your character, and there's nothing more annoying than when I beat you at boxing playing this game, and then it's my stupid me character face laughing at you. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was great. Just yeah. great, great fun. Because this was kind of launched, that's the reason I took it. Also, there had a couple of stories. Well, here's one good one, one bad one. Um there was a drug raid that happened in America and some leaked footage came out from of the drug raid of the cops playing Wii Sports uh, when they broke into the house to get rid of, to catch the guy. They were just, it was like plugged in and on. So they were just playing it <laughs> in the house. <laughs> That's um, brilliant. And also then apparently Wii Sports was used a lot to help people recover from like brain injuries and strokes and like wow. people come back from war just helps them kind of get used to movement again in ways where look, maybe they can't have the strength to really stand up yet properly, but they can still build up the muscles by replicating the movement and uh, giving the visual way to play to work with it. It worked really well. Great. 
Well done, Nintendo. Well done, Shigeru. Again. Yes, yeah, yeah. And also just have to say, uh, Twilight Princess, brilliant game. Mm, yeah. Is that the one where you were the kid for the whole game? You didn't go to Adult Link? I don't, you didn't do any kind of aging, but that's the one where you transform into a wolf. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Some of these Zelda games really passed me by. I think the last one I really played was Ocarina of Time, would you God. believe? Yeah, there's, and Majora's Mask. There's a lot you've missed mm. in that time. Mm. There was one cell shaded one where he was a kid and it wasn't, a lot of people didn't like it. Well, I think getting a Wind Waker, which most people love. Wind Waker. But I don't. Oh, really? I don't like it, but yeah. a lot of, it's a lot of people's favorites. For me, it just, it didn't work. I'd actually love to play it again as a bit older, but mm. yeah, some people, uh, most people loved it, but I didn't like it. That's the cell shaded one, right? Yeah, yeah. That's the one where he's like, oh, okay. I didn't, I think I was an awkward age and I thought Link was so cool. And I thought Ganon mm-hmm. was a great villain and everything. And then just seeing that kind of the way they did that take on, it's like, this isn't really what I liked about it at the time. Whereas now I think I'd look back and I wouldn't feel as bothered because he's like a little, you know, like he's an elf boy. But, you know. Yeah, true. Yeah, true. It, that that doesn't, wouldn't bother me as much as maybe a bothered 12-year-old me trying to think, of, you know, mm-hmm. I want a big master sword to fight this big whatever. We should do an episode, actually, of games that we played as kids that we would find much better now as adults. Oh, yeah, that's actually a good idea. Ones that we, you know, you probably wrote off really quickly, but now you exactly. look back at it and you're like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so my final console, uh, which is the Neo Geo something. <laughs> no, it's the Nintendo 64, of course. And oh. um, Yeah, no, I know you're really racking your brains as to the game I'm going to pick, so uh, I'll play the music here. What is it? <laughs> well, it's that that song is just, you know, it's sunshine in a song. It's just wonderful. It's, of course, and in my estimation, the best launch title of all time, Super Mario 64. Oh, my. Now, you might have heard of it. I'm not sure if you have. But uh, it's a wonderful game. We've done an episode on it before, so I won't go on about it. But uh, I just... Uh, go on about it every episode. <laughs> I'd love to go on about it every episode. But um, just a triumph of everything. I still think about it and think, how did they do it? Um, so much fun. I just love to play that game. I just love to play it. And uh, You're getting emotional. You know, <laughs> nearly, yeah. So, uh, wonderful game. I, uh, you know, go back to the Super Mario 64 episode if you want to hear me talk about it. Um, it was a real demonstration of the Nintendo 64 as a console, of the control pad, um, of, of 3D gaming, um, and where it was going, of Mario as a character. So, it just did so much. Um, of course, music by my boy Koji Kondo. 
um, arguably the best video game composer of all time, maybe next to Nobuo. I think so, you hit the nail yeah. on the head there when you're saying that, like it it was to show the power of the console, and I think a lot of consoles do do that nowadays. But the biggest ones are when the the changes were were bigger. You know, for example, going from 2D to 3D was a much bigger change. So being able to experience that for the first time is like, oh shit, right. And how to show that is is an experience that stays with you longer than, for example, going from PlayStation 2 to PlayStation 3, you know, or Xbox to Xbox 360. Because although there were things they could do, more characters on, better AI, lots of other improvements, those changes weren't quite the same. And also probably why the Wii has like that same kind of memory of people have that fondness of it because it was so unique in what it did compared to everything else and kind of maybe launch games don't really do that like they can be great games but they're all improvements of what's there rather than what these were which were just firsts yeah absolutely um yeah you can't i can't say enough about the the nintendo 64 and nintendo uh, as just i don't know how they do it every time they just surprise you they just do something new and okay so your last game you want to hit us is on the Nintendo Switch. So, um, so, so these were the games that came out at launch. This was around the point where digital kind of copies of games were becoming a bit more of a thing. So um, some of them, they were physical and weren't. Um, so I tried to just kind of isolate what was accepted kind of by most people as being the, the main launch games. 1-2 Switch, Breath of the Wild, Binding of Isaac, Fast RMX, Human Resource Machine, I Am Setsuna, Little Inferno, Just Dance 2017, Skylanders, Imaginators, Snipper Clips, Super Bomberman, or World of Goo. Mm. And the one I chose was... Yes, that was Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild, which is a game you haven't played. No, I haven't. Um, if I could find my Switch, I'd love to. <laughs> uh, it's brilliant. It is like it's the biggest open world Zelda by far. Um, mm. It. I. I would like to play this again from scratch. I have a lot of games now I want to get through, so I haven't gone to it. I'd love to go back to it because I don't think, although I really enjoyed it when I played it, I don't think I really appreciated how brilliant some of the stuff is how well laid out it is um it was like you can go straight to the last boss in this game if you want to but wow um like you'll get killed immediately you know but you can Mm. do that Mm. and you can go around and the thing is you it 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 has this world where just there's a lot of heights that you can climb up to but it's all open almost all of it is outside and you it's built in a way so you climb up to the top of a mountain and then you look and then you see a new site. Like, what's that? I want to go there. And then you go see something mm. else. And it's everything kind of blocks out everything else. So every time you go around a corner, you see something new. Something that you want to go to and climb or new type of enemy or um, a different thing. And like it, this kind of annoyed a lot of people, but the weapons break really quickly in this game. And the idea oh, is that okay. you're not meant to kind of go, oh, cool. I just got this better sword and I'm going to use it now. It's meant to be 
you're going to go and you're going to fight and then you're going to switch weapon that's going to break and then you're going to switch to another one and then your wooden sword can catch on fire so you can use that and it'll do more damage then you pick up a spear then you pick up a different weapon from the enemy then you use your different skills and it's meant to be wow. kind of to go always changing everything moving and it's just mm. it makes battles so unique and the way that you know you can still do some levels of stealth you can sneak around on people you can you know blow up crates when they're all sleeping you can um like you have these basic like abilities you can do like you can freeze time you can create ice blocks you can use magnets and everything and they've also got this really good dynamic of uh, real world physics involving fire and wind so for example if you set fire to some grass and you jump above it that will create heat which will rise which means your little uh, like parachute thing can make you fly up in the air then you can be above them wow. then you can shoot arrows from above which will slow down time you have this thing where you can freeze time for a couple of seconds and then you can hit something and it'll build up energy as you hit it. And then when you release it, it'll go flying. So you can hit like a boulder down at a lot of enemies by freezing and hitting it. And of course, because it's Zelda, they do loads of puzzles in this way. You can get like a big boulder, freeze time, hit it low so you can see it's going to go flying in one direction, climb up on top of it, it will unfreeze and then you will be launched with the boulder, you know? That's and then, a great idea. You can like flip off and land on your shield and you can use your shield as a surfboard almost to like surf down uh, like hills and everything. Um, it's such a good game. It works so, so well. Uh, it goes away a lot of what Zelda was. Like he doesn't wear a cap in it. He can change his clothes as he goes around. He needs some for winter. He doesn't get like hearts to regenerate his food. It's from it's from food that he makes. Sorry, he doesn't get hearts to regenerate his health. It's from food that he makes and everywhere you kill an enemy, you get different meat you can find different trees with different nuts and fruit and fruit and everything and you have to cook it in a pot and everything and you come up with these recipes some will give you extra stamina such a excellent excellent game um most people love it some people not so much but an excellent game mm. and i highly recommend it why do people who don't like it what do they say is wrong with it because because it's an open world zelda it's not okay very zelda-y in what people understand it you know there's less it's it's meant to be about the adventure and the discovery of going around hyrule or and seeing what's going on and people don't like that they kind of want to go from temple to temple and blah, blah, which is great yeah, all yeah. the other zeldas but um it doesn't really work the same way some people they want to get like a really cool sword and just use that all the way through but you can't that's not the way mm. the game works um okay yeah good game really good game yeah i really really want to play that one well yusuf that was some lineup wasn't it <laughs> yes wonderful segue as long as, <laughs> as long as there are no further questions yes there was, was no break in this recording um no. so, so what we're going to do now is i guess go into some reviews i've got some reviews of these games have you got any um Yes, but let me, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my life is a ticket. All my friends are tickets too. Come with me, let's be tickets. Yusuf, before we get to reviews, which we should do, we've just been through a lineup of six consoles and their launch games. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Who do you think has won the wars? of the launch games is it even a question that needs to be asked here well i mean of the ones that we've done do you mean of the six that we've done mm -hmm. who wins sony microsoft nintendo 
Well, 100% Nintendo, like without a doubt. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, yeah I thought you meant of which console, because like I was thinking, oh, because it's hard to know, because I mean, for me, for the ones I did, the Switch is clearly a better console, Breath of the Wild is clearly a better Zelda. But then, you know, is that really fair saying that two console generations later it was a better thing? Whereas from what I've done, I think I'd have to give it to the Wii because uh, mm. just some of those games are really, really good. Um, really good fun. Yeah, they had tremendous launch games. But I'm, I'm well, I think Nintendo has, you know, is the undisputed champion of the launch game titles. Um but I still think Mario 64 is the best launch game of all time. And I put that above Super Mario World and Canada. <laughs> well, it become I don't know, it does it's a little hard to know. Like it was brilliant. Um I don't know, yeah, it's hard because right now, if you ask me what I wanted to play, Mario 64 or Breath of the Wild, I'd say Breath of the Wild. It's Mario 64. Wrong <laughs> answer. <laughs> Okay, so well done, Shigeru. This is your third well done for this episode. So now uh, we'll get to reviews of these aforementioned games. Yusuf? Yes, right. Well, I'll go first. So, um, well, the, the, only, the, the only real one I could find for Tekken Tag was that one we did before, which I, was quite funny. So I was going to go recap it again. So it's from uh, Solid Snake in 2002. Gave it a two out of 10. Do you remember Solid Snake? <laughs> I do. I think I liked him. So, why hasn't there been a 3D fighting game that I liked? Out of all the fighting games I've played, the 2D fighters just blow away any 3D fighter out there. I mean, Guilty Gear X is just the fastest, prettiest, and best fighter out there. Capcom vs. SNK is another outstanding fighter game. 2D fighters will always be the best. So, that's his review of Tekken Tag. You may be confused because he doesn't mention anything about Tekken in the entire process. I think his problem is is with uh, 3D versus 2D, and uh, Tekken Tag is a scapegoat for his fury. But he is like he doesn't say anything. He doesn't like about it. He just says two out of ten. Here's two other games. <laughs> like, all right. Um, next, I have a Wii Sport review. This is from LeVron Yanes. Very good. <laughs> In uh, 2020, who gave it a zero out of ten. Oh, 2020 review. 20, Come on. 2020. Zero God. This game has aged so bad. Both its graphics and especially its gameplay are completely outdated. It's been a long time. It should be, yeah. <laughs> Not to mention that you can only play. This is a point where I think LeBron James gets a bit distracted about the point he's trying to make. Not to mention that you can only play a doubles match, not a singles match in tennis. The mechanics of the tennis shot are deceptive. The graphics are quite simple and honestly awful. And the game is simply boring for today's standards. There are much better options to play tennis with a live gameplay that requires moving the hands, <laughs> such as Mario Tennis Aces 2018 for the Nintendo <laughs> Switch, which is both better graphics and better gameplay. Even Grand Slam Tennis 2009 for the Wii is better than this. Oh, God. So, LeBron seems to think that this is a tennis simulator he's playing and doesn't match up with uh, Mario Tennis Aces. You mean there's other sports in this game? <laughs> Just like, 
He's lying. He thinks it's just a tennis game. This game is aged so badly. The gameplay and graphics are outdated. It's like, yes, it's been a really long time, mate. Sorry, uh, I coughed there. <laughs> Very loudly. Uh, and then the last one I've got is for Breath of the Wild from Resi from Res U, sorry, who gives it a four out of ten in 2017. Who says, Rayleigh, hard to take this score serious. Game looks boring and uninspired. Frame rate is ridiculous. Those PS2 textures Rayleigh look ugly. History was maybe the worst I have memory in a Zelda game. I haven't read this wrong, by the way. This is how he's written it. Come on. N, slaughtering wild innocent animals? Nonsense. I was expecting way more from this one, since all you did was making us waiting all this time. You really turn up to be as greedy as people are starting to realize. This was the most non-Zelda game from this franchise I ever played. You can't fool all of us with the nostalgia factors. Come on. Yes, just more questions than answers with that one. <laughs> They didn't um, didn't like the idea of slaughtering wild animals uh, in the cartoonized world of Gorons and uh, <laughs> you know evil boars and everything. <laughs> anyway, uh, what are your reviews? Do you have any? Um, yeah, so I have a review from Chicken Face. Uh, four four out of ten for Halo, uh, two thousand five. Chicken Face says, "Pass the chicken." I'm playing a crap game called Halo here. <laughs> <laughs> that's the end of his review good work okay. good work chicken face yeah. yeah so um, which one is this oh yeah this is Mario World from B-Bog I didn't think uh, you'd be able to find a review of Mario World let alone a negative one well it's technically a review of the virtual console version on the Wii um, so September 2nd 2019 meh yeah you heard me. I don't think this is a particularly good game by today's standards. That's just, <laughs> there's just so much dumb and frustrating trial and error going on with so many unforeseeable deaths that have nothing to do with the overall skill concerning the core mechanics, but that are just pure BS because e.g. an enemy spawned right where you are headed or you can't cancel your movement in time or two enemies put you in a headlock. <laughs> between what? them I don't know between them and you have no place to go this game is full of situations like that and yeah you can fly over large sections of the levels with the cape and use Star Road to go straight to Bowser but what fun is that when they play the game at all if you're just going to skip over everything then you're only allowed to save every few levels why? which see <laughs> what leads to you replaying large sections over and over and over again luckily this can be bypassed nowadays with a VC save point feature, though it does kind of feel like cheating. <laughs> oh my God. Who's complaining about how frequently you can save. And then when he can save whenever he wants, he's giving up because it's like cheating. My biggest problem with Super Mario World and the 2D Mario games in general are the controls. It always feels like all of Dinosaur Island is covered with a very thin sheet of ice. <laughs> Everything is so goddamn slippery, especially when you're running, which is completely necessary to make especially high or long jumps. I never feel like I'm in full control of Mario, which for me is the death sentence for any platforming game. If I die, I want it to be my fault, not because of slippery controls or a Kamek spawning right where I am or BS like that. 
And I want to get to try again at the point where I failed, not played 20 other sections over again leading up to that point. I guess modern 2D platformers like Rayman Legends kind of spoiled me in this regard. What, <laughs> Which is really just another way of saying that Super Mario World way of doing things is outdated. The music is very good for SNES standards, but really repetitive and gets old really quickly. I think that line just there, like, is such an untruth that the universe might collapse in on itself. This music, anyone could listen to constantly. Anyway, the graphics are probably state-of-the-art back in the day, but now they just look pixelated. But pixelated graphics seem to be somewhat in again nowadays with all the indie games. So there you go. Overall, I think <laughs> I think the high regard for this game is still held mostly due to nostalgia. If it were released today, even as an indie game, I don't think anyone even bat an eye. What's the name of this reviewer? B-Bog. Fuck off, B-Bog. Um, <laughs> I know. What an arsehole. <laughs> I, I feel bad that he's mainly, in some ways, bringing in a modern Rayman game as to why he's a dickhead without actually being, you're just a dickhead. <laughs> like, um, Yeah, just oh, fuck off. How can you think you know so much about something to write such a long thing and be so wrong about it? Like, ah, Whatever. I mean, it is the dickhead review section. So <laughs> Very true, very true. Uh, last one for Mario 64, Water Tiger 5. A 3 out of 10, 2014. This game basically sucked. Classics are not always good. The graphics were horrible. Crash Bandicoot had way better gameplay and graphics. Now, can I just say, Crash Bandicoot is a very different game to this, all right? Mm. This is a 3D, uh, you know, all-axis uh, game. Mm -hmm. Bosses were lame and repetitive. For the DS was better because the original is not the best. Bowser looked like an oversized stuffed animal's. The gameplay overall was boring. Got bored after collecting a couple of stars. The one thing I liked was some of the level designs, although many PS1 games look way better, <laughs> such as Spyro the Dragon or Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And that's that. Oh, uh, fair so, enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, oh, I want to say something to you. Do you remember actually mm. on the Crash Bandicoot episode, you reminded me there. I was saying that I got the new, a new mattress and you were saying you got an Emma mattress for like 250 quid. No, I didn't. I said 350 quid. 350 quid. Okay, even at that. Um, I If you did, I think you either bought a protector or a second-hand Emma mattress. Because uh, you know no. they've got that thing where if you buy it, you can give it back after like 200 days or something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Did you buy one of them? Because I looked again and the cheapest is like 650 quid for a double. Well, it was 650 euro, and I used the discount code at the time, which was Easter 40, giving me 259 euro 60 cent off for a grand total of. How do you have this information to hand? So, by the way, that's 400 euro you're showing me. <laughs> and your address, no, which is 31. <laughs> 389 euro. All right. right. They constantly have deals. All you have to do is sign up to the feckin' newsletter and they mail you a deal every week. Do you want a deal on a mattress every week? No, but, you know, I do like this one so much that if I do our king-size bed, uh, I might go for this again. Oh, fair enough, fair enough. There's always a plan here, Yusuf. You know, there's, there's, the lights are on and there is someone home. <laughs> Once again, not sponsored by Emma Mattresses. Um, no. Yeah, all right, so... 
Oh, do you have a quiz? <laughs> this this podcast feels so disjointed. I don't wonder why. Hold on. Uh... Test your might. I'm a cop, you idiot. <laughs> okay. I do have a quiz, Yusuf. And because you're you did so well last week, I'm gonna make it even easier this week. Right. All right, question one. What console generation are we currently on? Oh, God, I don't know. Uh, Twelfth? No, ninth, my friend. Is it? Shite. Mm -hmm. Okay, how much money did Microsoft lose on each original Xbox system sale? Eighty dollars. No, 125 schmackers. That's a lot for back then for a new console. It is sold for 299 bucks, cost 425 to manufacture. Wow. I guess at Microsoft, especially at that time, which is the biggest company in the world. Though. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't know how they are. It just got in at the right time because they do so much shit wrong all the time. I mean, just the fact Zoom has overtaken them is just insane. Yeah, like you've, had, you've had 15 years in the market before them, or however long it was. Anyway. <clears throat> well, they bought okay. Skype, didn't they? They didn't. Or did they make Skype? Skype was, um, I don't know, actually. All right, question number three. How much money did Sony lose on each original PlayStation 3 console? Um, this was 100. No. Nope. $306 or $241, depending on the model. Wow. It's crazy, and it, isn't it? And it was still so expensive. Yeah. It's 500 oh, quid, I think. Yeah. That's mental. It's because they, they, they put the Blu-ray player in there. Hmm. You'll receive a nice bonus when the work is done. So, Yusuf, what kind of a tool is a compass? <laughs> Um, a mechanical circle drawer. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. No, it's not a magnetical circle drawer. It's a magnetometer. A magnetometer. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm afraid you do not. You steam a good ham. Yeah, you lose again. Whatever. Now listen, Yusuf, before we get to the next bot, we'd like to thank our listeners, particularly in Finland again, because you made the charts there again. And also now you kind of preempted yourself because we made the charts in Norway as well. As you said, the home of black metal, as well as... Um, Norwegian wood by the Beatles. So, <laughs> congratulations, Stop Norway. Talking about countries you don't know about. <laughs> for listening to our podcast. Thank you so much. All right. So, listen, I have something for you. If I can just find the button. I'm speaking and I asked you a question. Got a couple of emails this week, Yusuf. Spam as per. You interested? Well, there might be one. Original one. First one from. 
Azizi Uragua. Hello, I am Mr. Azizi Uragua, whatever I can't pronounce it, sorry, a banker by profession from Burkina Faso. I have a very confidential business proposition involving a transfer of 18.5 million <laughs> United States dollars. That would be a great benefit to both, both of us. <laughs> I wonder why it would be a benefit, you know, to me, I mean, he has the money, clearly. Contact me via private email below. All right, thank you. Next email from Gray Anna. No subject. Dear beneficiary, beneficiary, I have registered your ATM card with 1,500,000 United States dollars with DHL Express Delivery Company. Like, I don't really understand. I've registered my ATM card with that much money with DHL. Uh, to facilitate the process of the transaction, please kindly reconfirm the following information below. <laughs> Your name, full address, city, postal code, country. <laughs> okay, so, all right. Uh, I pay for the insurance and keeping fee. The only thing you have to do is indicate your registration number and forward your delivery address immediately. Okay, now, I actually have a read email now, but the, the person wants to remain anonymous. And it is subject, uh, the title is Finland. Hi, guys. I just looked up what Finland is famous for, and it sounds like a fantastic place. Finland is famous for being the happiest country in the world. Amazing. Finland has the world's best educa education system and the cleanest air, not to forget the northern lights. Love the show. And that's great, Newman, getting the PS5. Well done, Yusuf, on winning the quiz. I think I'll cancel out that last line. No. Uh, keep keep up the good work, Anonymous. Oh, Thank wow. you, Anonymous. We very much appreciate that uh, email. Um, you, no need to praise Yusuf for any respect. Plenty of reason. Future, Thank you. If you do send again. Uh, Thank you for giving us all this interesting stuff about Finland and uh, representing it in such a nice way after we made an absolute balls of it. <laughs> mm, yeah, we should get learning people on the show to talk about the countries that we... Uh, make the charts in so uh, listen hmm. uh, do you have anything else there you suck no just I wonder if because I think quite often when people get new consoles they, and they get like their first games sometimes people don't get launch games or they get like deals or whatever and maybe they end up getting games they wouldn't expect it I don't know I'd like to know what other people think that their like launch game is something that they played I remember the first game I ever played on PlayStation 4 was like Helldivers which is just like, I was I, I hyped for it at the beginning because I it was just had a brand new console and I was like, ooh, cool. And it was a bit like, um, oh, what's that film where they fight insects in space? Starship Troopers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was it was a bit like, like that. that. You fight like giant insects on different planets and stuff. And it was a bit of fun, but it, it wasn't a very good game. Um, mm. It was such a weird game for me to get. It was like, it was packaged with the deal. So it was the only option I had. And yeah, so I'd love to know what other people got to play for their first time, what they think is, you know, made the console for them. Mm. I think the first games that I ever played for the PlayStation 1 were Final Fantasy 7 and Tomb Raider 2. I think it's very hard to beat those games. And then when we got the Nintendo 64, we got Super Mario 64 and Pilot Wings. Um, PlayStation 4 got Kill Zone, which was, yeah, which was actually pretty good, I think, you know, yeah. considering. Um, but I don't remember what we got with PlayStation 2. Probably Tekken Tag. 
We've got Tekken Tag, definitely. But like, it's it's weird because if you think about like PlayStation One games, you think of things like Tomb Raider Two and Final Fantasy Seven and Crash Bandicoot and whatever. They're they're so associated with that era, and none of them were launch games. Mm. So True. I think it's a bit, you know, it takes a while for things to do. And except for Nintendo, it does seem to be quite rare. And and you know. Yeah, maybe Xbox is a bit different because they did their launch. But I mean, there's no new Halo game out for the Xbox Series X right now, you know? Or there's no mm. um, Horizon Zero Dawn out for the PlayStation right now or God of War, like these big games people expect. True. I, I mean, I'm just really looking forward to seeing a game really utilize uh, the PlayStation 5 because I haven't seen it yet. So I don't know how good it looks, you know? And I don't, I don't have a 4K TV. So, I mean, it's not really a big... I mean, I don't, I won't, I probably won't recognize it to the extent some people will, but uh, I still talk games like Horizon Zero Dawn were beautiful. Um, Resident Evil 2 stood out, the remake, graphically, mm. particularly. So uh, looking forward to seeing what uh, what this machine can do. What did you think of Resident Evil um, Biohazard looking like, or Resident Evil 7? I wasn't that impressed with it. I mean, it was good. The oh, graphics were good. Great, yeah. I don't know. I didn't think it was... It didn't have that kind of as realistic sheen as, as Resident Evil 2 had. It was kind of a sheen to everything. Well... I don't know, was the way the light light plays. Well, I think one thing was Resident Evil 2. One came out a couple of years afterward. And Resident Evil 7 was meant to look like um, that in VR as well. So, mm. you know, it would have worked in that kind of level of detail. Um, but also Resident Evil 2, it was kind of, it was, it's a police station that was an old museum. So it does have like kind of marbles and shiny wood and whatever. Whereas Resident Evil 7 was meant to look all rotted and festering and grim and covered in stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean, but I don't know. Like it might take a while before a game does really take advantage of it. But generally, like the thing about it being 4K, that's not really something most people are going to notice. And a lot of time people don't realize it, but I think what these next generations are really doing is smoother gameplay of it being 60 frames per second or in some cases 120, but the resolution has to generally drop for that to work if there's a lot going on at once. Uh, but that's kind of what mm-hmm. they seem to be pushing for, which PC gamers are like swear is some of them swear that like, oh, look, this is what a game is. You don't realize how good it is till you play it. Whereas I don't really mm-hmm. notice it that much, to be honest. Mm, no neither do i but um i know it's definitely like it's it's great to see and um you know very very enjoyable so i'm looking forward to seeing i think capcom are doing very well i'm looking forward to seeing village how good that is mm. um so look we'll see that's out in may so there's a few titles coming out here and there so uh, it's exciting times really you know? i think i think it'll be christmas by the time this next generation feels like what we nostalgically remember because this something about doing this episode i look back at these at these games and i mean the amount of them that came out on the playstation 2 which are just these really really forgettable games um like just so many types of racing games which are pretty meh and these sports games which are you know they're not the kind of thing where you go oh wow this is great on this console they were just this is another numbered series that was always going to come out and it, it was just on this because there's not a huge improvement on it. Um, but I think it'll be like the, maybe be Christmas when there should be Horizon Zero Dawn and maybe the next God of War uh, and Halo should be out on the Xbox and everything. And then we'll see really what they are and what they can do. Mm. 
Here's one thing I was wondering about the uh, Resident Evil Village, though, because you see, like, um, the way they they brought in the mind power of Evelyn or whatever in this in Biohazard to like mm. regenerate these people and all this stuff. It still has a biological kind of explanation to the weirdness. Whereas in this new village game, like the women are turning into bats and stuff and like, you know, coming back again, you know, like so there's definitely, it seems to be much more paranormal than, you know, a typical I, umbrella doing something, you know, so yeah. it'd be weird to see how they explain all that. Yeah, but I don't know. We'll see how they go. Because even doing experiments, I don't really know how it gives you mind powers in that same way. I, I don't know. Maybe it'll be... Because you know, like X-Men kind of do it, where they kind of go, look, they're mutated genes. But that means they can do some things that they shouldn't really have any power to be able to do. You know, like, mm. it might make sense, like, oh, mutated genes, that's why Wolverine can heal. But mutated genes, why can Magneto lift metal? Yeah, true. You know, like there is sometimes where they go, oh, look, he corresponds with, you know, things in the air or something into which he can kind of communicate with in some way. But it is still a bit, you know, I think they they might kind of link it a bit that way. So it's still sci-fi. But I think they are just going, they're kind of going, look, we've done the old creeping slow horror. Um, We did more action-y. Now we've moved back the other way. So I think they're just trying to go for more horror film looks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd like a scare. I think this uh, new setting is going to be scarier too than you know the swampland with, uh, you know, uh, hick accents. Well, fin- finish it, cause, uh, finish it, and let me know what you think of it. But I thought it was really good. I really enjoyed it, and I liked mm. being grossed out by it. You know, did uh, like oh when they're like stabbing you into the hand when she does it the first time in the house. It's horrible, yeah. 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 It's hard to play that game. I mean, you leave and sometimes your head's just in the wrong place and you're like, no, you know, I need to watch something else to get me out of this this horrible location. But that's what, you know, like that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to create this feeling. And if it does that, that's a job well done, I think. Because you mm. you're not, you're certainly not bored watching it. Uh, so I think that's really No, good. no, it's, it's very good. But um. Listen, I think we've harped on for long enough now. Yeah, probably. Uh, I think we're going to have a normal episode for you next week. Sorry if it's a bit disjointed this week. We uh, had some um, uh, cuts in and cuts outs and what have you. Uh, so thank you, everyone, uh, for listening as always. We love all of you, especially mm-hmm. you, Francis. So thank you. Uh, anything, Yusuf, to say? Um, no, if you... Um would like to get in contact please do at press the action button pod at gmail.com if not if you have been enjoying the show please do um rate us uh follow us on apple podcast or whatever uh, and if not then you know we'll see you next week we love you anyway all right so thank you everyone Bye-bye. bye bye